Um, well, good morning, everyone. I'm really delighted to be speaking to you this morning. And thank you so much for the welcome that you've given to us as a family. Uh, we're really feeling, feeling very loved and welcomed here, and particularly for your grace and patience to uh, our son, Jack, who is definitely at home here um, and, uh, yeah, making his presence felt. So thank you for your patience with him. Um, it's such a privilege to have some time to think with you about the third title prophesied over Jesus in Isaiah 9. We have thought about Jesus as our wonderful counsellor and Anne urged us to be totally honest with God. And last week you focused on mighty God and you thought about how Jesus' power is mighty in us, for us and through us. This week we are focusing on Jesus as the everlasting father. We all have a starting point to come before God's word this morning, as we all have a father, all of us. Even if we grew up without a father or had several people take on role of the father in our lives or had our biological fathers raise us, we all have a story about our fathers and those stories and testimonies will have shaped us, but also have shaped our view of God consciously or unconsciously, when we hear the word father, we will have strong emotions or memories that we associate. And it is hard not to project those onto God. Whilst I've been uh, preparing this talk, I felt that God gave me a picture of a wooden carving that needed to be restored. The carving had been treated and painted over the years, so the form and shape of the original carving was lost under the years and layers of wear and tear and repainting. To restore the carving, you have to take away the extra layers one at a time. Some of the paint peels off easily and some of the paint is stubborn and it takes hard work and persistence to remove it. It is hard work. But it leaves us with the original carving. We can see the intricate detail and beauty again. The wood is stripped right back. And from that, the carving can be covered in a clear varnish that allows us to see the beauty of the carving. The varnish enhances the beauty of the original carving and allows the carving to be seen as it was intended to be seen. I think that is a picture of what God wants to do in us this morning. We need to remove some of the wrong thoughts we have projected onto God from our own experiences of our earthly and biological fathers and view God through the clarity of Jesus' life. Jesus allows God to be seen as he was intended to be seen. And that is what our passage this morning said in John 14, verse 9. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? Jesus is like that clear varnish that allows us to see God the Father perfectly. Jesus was God on earth, so by seeing the way he acted and behaved, we can know God's character and inclinations towards us. So I'd really like to pray for us before we get going, um, just that, that that would just really sink in. So I'll just pray for us. Just Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come now 
And just as I'm speaking this morning, Holy Spirit, would you just be reminding us, bringing back memories maybe that we've pushed down, just showing us how you want to meet us this morning and change us and heal us and restore us. So come, Holy Spirit, do your gentle, wonderful work this morning whilst I'm speaking. Amen. Well, it is Christmas, so I do have a little quick game for us to start off with. I, am, I was a secondary school teacher, so you'll have to forgive me because um, it, I am going to bribe you with chocolate to make you do things. This is the currency we use in the house at the moment to get Jack to do anything. So um, there's going to be four films, pictures of films come up. And if the people around you, you need to work out what the titles of the film are. When you think you've got all four answers, somebody put their hand up and we'll see if we can get all four answers, okay? And, it, and there is chocolate coins, okay? So it's definitely worth taking part, all right? So let the four, get, the, get the four pictures up, okay? People around you, make sure you know all the films. When you've got all four films, if you put your hands up. All oh, right, at the back there. So right over the back there, can you tell us? The four? Yeah, Home Alone? Yes, Little Women. A Wonderful Life. Oh, fantastic. Well done. I don't know if my mic will let me take this. And if you feel bad about eating the chocolate, you can deliver some more Christmas cards to, to burn it off. I reckon about 100 Christmas cards per chocolate coin would be great. Okay, brilliant. Well, it's that time of year when it's lovely to sit down and watch a film with others. And some of these films become a really important part of our traditions. John T and I used to watch Elf uh, when we were putting up our Christmas tree. A tradition that is on hold whilst Barnaby and Jack are little and are more about Christmas tree dissembling, as you may have witnessed this morning, rather than decorating. I'm sure you have your own favourites. But one thing all these three films have in common, these three films have in common, is fathers whose actions have an effect on their families. The first film I want us to think about is Little Women. Put your hands up if you've seen Little Women or read Little Women. Brilliant. In this story, uh, the March family, made up of four sisters and their mother, are left whilst their father is away serving in the Civil War. We see the effects of the girls having an absent father as they struggle to get on with life. Some of us have had absent fathers. For some of us, that was no one's fault. But for some of us, we have had to live with the effects of having a father who chose to be absent from us, maybe because they physically left the family home or because they did not make us a priority. They put work or their social life, or their hobby before us, which meant they were absent a lot physically. Or maybe they were emotionally absent. They did not want to hear about our day, or what we had achieved. They had little or no interest in our lives. Or maybe they were absent in their parenting. They simply failed to parent us. There are many ways we are affected by an absent father. In my own experience, it puts unfair pressure on the remaining parent, as they have to be all things. I know the absence of my father as a young adult put unreasonable strain on my mum. I wanted her to be everything to me, 
And she was the only one I could be angry with, even though she was the one who had stayed with me. Maybe some of us need to ask forgiveness for this. Another consequence of having an absent father is the potential financial strain some of us may have had to face. In Little Women, Jo sells her hair so that she can pay for her mother to travel. The imagery of this meant that Jo made herself unrespectable to provide for her family. Maybe some of us are carrying scars and wounds from struggling financially. We find it hard to be generous or trust, knowing the fear of not having any money. And that fear is still real to us now. We may have felt the shame and embarrassment of being poor and not being able to pay for the things we wanted or needed. And this has altered how our lives play out today. In the second film, um, It's a Wonderful Life, um, put your hands up if you've seen this. I imagine most of you have seen this. I had to confess to the 8 o'clock, I haven't actually seen this, but I do know the story. Um, I know, shame on me. Uh, the main character is a father who is under immense pressure and stress as his business is struggling. And in one scene, he comes home to his young family who are doing what children like to do, particularly mine, making a lot of noise, and he completely snaps. I'm sure some of you can remember the scene. He takes out the pressure he is under on his family, and there is one heart-wrenching part of the scene when the little girl who was playing the piano sobs because she was told to stop playing the Christmas carol she was practising. Maybe our experience of our father was a man under immense stress. And maybe that stress filtered through our homes. Maybe that stress showed itself with a father who was quick-tempered, who would snap or shout at us. Our father may have been angry and had a quick temper, which was unpredictable. Maybe we learnt to make ourselves invisible or hide ourselves away Maybe we feared disappointing our fathers for fear of their reactions. There are consequences of having a stressed and quick-tempered father, which we may have projected onto God. If our fathers were unpredictable, do we feel like we do not know how God would react to us? If we feared disappointing our fathers, do we focus our faith on what we can do to try and please God or make God pleased with us? Do we try and hide from God, afraid of how he will respond to us? In the final film, Home Alone, whilst leaving for a chaotic extended family holiday to France, Peter McAllister left his eight-year-old son at home alone. Which is why the film's called Home Alone. The film is a great comedy, but at the heart of the story is the consequence of a father making a mistake. Now, this was lost on me, as I'd always enjoyed the film for the slapstick sequences. But when we watched it with my friend's children, her, her little girl was distraught that this boy had been forgotten by his parents. And in that moment, I saw that film from a different angle. Our parents all make mistakes. I am a parent, 
and I make mistakes all the time. However hard I try to be a perfect parent, and however hard I try not to make mistakes, I mess up. I say things I shouldn't say. I do things I shouldn't do. I react in ways I shouldn't react. John T and I will make a decision on how we are going to parent, and I will immediately do the opposite of what we have just decided. If you are a parent or have a parenting relationship to someone as an auntie or uncle or godparent, you will make mistakes. Some of those mistakes are small. Some are large. Some are serious. Some are insignificant. Some seeming significant but are serious. If we think of the words we use, Were you labelled as a child by a parent? Too loud, that was me. Too noisy, too much much trouble. Maybe they said they wish you'd been a boy or they wish you'd been a girl. Or maybe you were even told that you were a mistake. Even if they were said in a joking way or formed part of a family narrative, As a child, the devil loves to take those words and twist them into us and use them to try and change the people God made us to be. If we can think of a label we were given by our fathers, we need to ask the Holy Spirit if there is a lie behind it that we are choosing to believe. We need to forgive our fathers for the mistakes for the things they said that they shouldn't have, whether they meant to hurt us or not, then turn away from the lie we have believed and replace it with truth from the Bible. And this is something the prayer ministry team can help you with when we come to a time of response in a few minutes. For example, if your father or an adult said that you were a mistake in some way, You need to forgive the person who said it to you and acknowledge the lie behind it, the lie that you were never wanted, the lie that your existence was not planned or that your existence does not matter or that no one would miss you or that you have ruined the family in some way by being born. When you can work out what the lie is, then renounce it. Renounce the power it has had over you and the way you've allowed that lie to shape you and change you. Then replace the lie with truth. Psalm 139 is a great psalm for this. Some of the verses in it say, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. Your eyes saw my unformed body. Our fathers may not have meant to label us, but we do not have to live under their mistakes. We can choose today to shed the lie that has changed us and accept the freedom that the Lord wants to give us. Of course, Some of the mistakes our fathers made harmed us. They may have harmed us emotionally or harmed us physically. Some fathers used their position above us and abused their position to cause us harm 
or allowed others to harm us. This is not okay. And God wants to meet you at that point of pain. If you know that this is God speaking to you, please allow God to start to heal you from that. Let the great Father and Healer meet you this morning. If we go back to that picture of the carving that needs to be restored, some layers are easy to take off, some are hard to take off. Those layers have distorted the beauty of the original carving And God, by his Holy Spirit, wants to remove those layers today so that we can get back to the original. And if we go back to the passage, we can know the beauty of the original carving. We can know the beauty of our heavenly perfect Father when we look to Jesus. John 14 verse 9 says, Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus shows us the Father. I don't know how many of you um, have to wear contact lenses or glasses. I wear contact lenses. But um, at the opticians, there's that magic moment when you put your head in the machine and the optician says, better one or two. And one is um, your vision as it is. And two is what your vision will be with your new glasses. And suddenly, you see the edges of the spots or the row of the letters that you couldn't make out before at the bottom. When we look at Jesus, we see God in the sharp clarity that we haven't been able to see him in before. Psalm 145 in verse 8 says, The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. We know from that verse that God the Father is gracious. He is compassionate. He is slow to anger. He is quick in love. But we will all have an idea of what that looks like, like we all try and work out the letters on the optician's chart. We all make out slightly different letters and shapes. But with Jesus, the everlasting Father, we do not have to guess what God the Father looks like, as we have testimony in the Gospels of what these characteristics look like for real. Another film, which I'm sure will be on over Christmas, was our fourth film, is The Wizard of Oz. And the film opens in Kansas and is shot in black and white. And there is that amazing moment when Dorothy arrives in the magical land of Oz and steps out of her house. Let's watch the clip. stop it there sorry 
Um, there's that magical moment when Dorothy steps out of the black and white world into the land of glorious Technicolor. And I believe that was the first time that they showed colour on the big screen. So you can imagine always going along to the cinema, watching a film in black and white, and then suddenly when she steps out into the magical land of Oz, there's this colour fills the cinema. It must have been an amazing experience. Well, Jesus brings that technicolour to our view of God the Father. He shows us what these characteristics look like. There are so many examples in the Gospels of Jesus demonstrating his graciousness, his compassion, his patience and his love. And I've just picked a few today for us to look at. Jesus is gracious. Jesus demonstrates his grace to us that whilst we were sinners, as it says in Romans, Jesus died for us. Whilst we were rejecting and ignoring God, Jesus made a way for us to know God and live with him forever by dealing with the problem of our sin on the cross. Jesus is compassionate. Jesus' compassion is shown throughout the Gospels. There is one particularly account in John 8. The teachers, well, I'll just read it to you. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery. And if you know the story, they tried to get Jesus to condemn her. And Jesus says, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And one by one, they filter off and Jesus straightens up and asks her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. Such an amazing moment. That woman who was facing death for for her actions is released and given a new life. Jesus shows compassion to the woman. When society condemns her and calls her out, Jesus is the one who saves her and gives her freedom. Jesus is slow to anger. We see this many times from the gospel. The account I want to highlight this morning was during Jesus' trial. It says in Mark 14, Then some began to spit at him. They blindfolded him, struck him with their fists and said, prophesy. And the guards took him and beat him. During the road to the cross, Jesus was shown all different types of abuse, verbal, emotional and physical. And he was fully God. At any point he could have stopped this, yet he took it all for our sake. And finally... Jesus is quick in love. Jack's favourite story at the moment is Jairus' daughter, the little poorly girl, he calls it. And uh, I'm just going to read the story to you very briefly. Um, So uh, Jairus comes before Jesus and says, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with her. Um, And then a few verses on. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told them, don't be afraid, just believe. Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. And then Jesus goes to Jairus' house and he takes the little girl by the hand and he says... "Um, 
Talitha Koum, I don't know how you pronounce it, but that's what the words say, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and began to walk around. At this, they were completely astonished. I bet they were. Jesus was quick to show his love to Jairus and his daughter. He left what he was doing and immediately went with Jairus to see his daughter. And where Jesus moves in love, he brings healing, restoration and life. Jesus shows us that the Father is a God of love who wants to bring healing and restoration and life to us today, now. If we go back to our wooden carving, painting varnish over the layers of paint to not enable, will not enable us to see the original beauty of the carving. So if we try and paint Jesus without removing the layers that we've added onto Father God, it makes it much harder to disentangle our, our fathers from our father. However good or great or not our earthly father was, he is and was not our heavenly father. And we have to remove the layers that have distorted our view of our heavenly father and look at Jesus to truly know our heavenly father.